right. Okay, hey, so I'm starting this a little bit early. Russ and I are going to talk for a second. This is Kinsella. We're doing a podcast. So here's what's interesting. I just called you. We we took about, what, five minutes to get it set up or ten minutes? It seemed, it seemed like longer than that. Yeah, but like you 20, and I are both high-tech patent lawyers and, uh, you know – there's advantages and disadvantages to this modern age, I would say, right? I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we're online right now. I'm recording. Are you good to go? Yeah, let's go. I'm just going to say hello. This is uh, – actually, I'm not sure whether we're doing this as my podcast or yours, but so you can do it on we, yours or whatever because I'm yeah, we, I'm anti-IP, so you can you know copy whatever you want. Information is free. Um <laughs> Yeah. So this is Kinsella. Some podcast today is what March. Uh, I always like to do this. This is Stefan Kinsella. This is my podcast, and this is Russ. My guest is Russ Krajek, and this is Tuesday, March third, twenty twenty. In case the new the world, you know, uh, burns out in twenty years, and people are listening to this from Mars and one hundred and eighty years or whatever. So I just like to uh-huh. stamp everything because I'm I'm an OCD freak. Um, just to introduce you and you can talk whatever you want, but, um, you know, I have, I have a podcast, but my podcast really is just a feed for me putting up my interviews with other people and their podcasts. So probably about one out of every 100 or one or 50 times I'll do one that I actually interview someone originally, which is, I guess mm-hmm. what this is, uh, but you have your own podcast, and so I just thought, you know, you're so every now and then I like to talk to a fellow patent practitioner, someone who's intelligent, mm-hmm. but <laughs> well, that's it. Someone who's intelligent and <laughs> might have some opinions that are of some interest on IP-related policy. And you have your own gig. You have an interesting podcast, which I listen to on occasion, even though I'm not really in the game anymore. But you know. You're doing what you're doing. You're hustling. Why don't you Why don't you say who you are and what your podcast is, Russ? Well, I'm I'm Russ Krajak, and my podcast is Patent Myths, um, where I kind of look at problems in the patent system and and um, talk about patents from a startup or angel investor um, point of view. I'm really trying to figure out how to make, create patents that have value as a, you know, we all hear about these patents that, that get litigated for billions of dollars and so on. And, you know, that's wonderful, but how do we create that at the start is really my, my, my theoretical interest. And the practical interest is I'll finance patents like that. And so I do a, a, a patents on a, on a leaseback model where it's a venture debt kind of thing. And, and I'll take over the patent part, finance all that, and the company pays when the patent issues. Um, and uh, anyway, that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm doing kind of a weird hybrid of of patent law. So you're ba- so are you, so are you? You're a patent agent, is that correct? I, I started out as an agent and then went to law school when I was in my late 30s. So it was about 20 years ago. So you're a patent attorney now. I am. Okay, so do you want to explain to the audience what that is? Because you and I both oh. know that, but, but not everyone <laughs> yeah, knows what cool a patent th- agent, patent lawyer, America, whatever. 
So the cool thing is that the the only difference between for me being a patent agent versus a patent attorney is I get to do the same work for the same clients for the same amount of money. Really, there's really there's really not a whole lot of difference. To sit for the patent bar, you have to have an engineering or science degree, and then you become you know then you're able to practice before the patent office. And then going to law school, I started out as an agent. Then I went to law school. Um, going to law school gives you the ability to practice, you know, stuff like contracts and licensing and and um, stuff that I, as a patent practitioner with, you know, has been in it for 20 years, I hire all that stuff out. So, you know, I just do my little one trick pony of the of patent prep and process, which is, prep and process is is that part where we prepare the, we write the patent application that's called prep and pros prosecution is the back and forth with the patent examiner as opposed to litigation, which is with the judge and jury and, you know, going after infringers and stuff. So, you know, my whole practice, and I think yours was too, is, is about dealing with happy people. Everybody is happy. Everybody's enthusiastic and forward thinking and, going to be rich and and so on so uh it's a good it's a good life i think relatively speaking interesting okay uh i think we might have different perspectives on the whole thing but that's okay Uh, oh i'd love to hear you well you and i i think i mean i've known your name for a while uh from some old circles right i can't remember you you reminded me the other day but remind me again how do we come in contact You know, it was probably when I first when I first lit up my my blog on Krajek.com, which was 2004 or five, something like that. Um, And I was writing a lot of blogs and reading a lot of stuff online. And I'm sure we ran. That's when we kind of ran into each other. And you were the the patent attorney who's anti-patents, which I always thought was interesting. I, I love the libertarian thing. You know, I'm, all, um, I'm a big fan. Um, and, you know, it, we've, we've never really had a chance to sit down and talk through stuff and bounce no. some ideas around and see what happens. So. No, so are, so are you a libertarian yourself, or are you just a patent lawyer, a patent <laughs> lawyer, agent, uh, hustler guy? Well, uh, what do you call, you know, I believe in, in, you know, just leave me alone and let me do my thing, you right, know, right, 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 right. let me have my property rights. Uh, I like, you know, I like the government to build nice roads. Um, I'm, I'm happy that they have fire departments. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's, there's a role for government and, um, but, you know, if it was smaller, I wouldn't. I would not complain. So, so you're, uh, you know, you're like a moderate, intelligent conservative, basically, something like that. Well, you know, I read Atlas Shrugged when I was a kid, and it, 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 it moved the needle for me, um, you know, and, and, and what it taught, you know, kind of the big picture out of that that I got was, you know, there's a dignity in, in a job well done. There's a, there's a dignity in going out there and, doing some hustle and, um, you know, and, and getting rewarded for that and taking the risk and stuff. And that, that, you know, that thought process always stuck with me. 
well, let me ask you something, like just to push it to the edge, because that's what Kinsella yeah. does. I mean, I mean, if you were like <laughs> in Nazi Germany in 1943, and you were like the commandant of a of a concentration camp, do you think there'd be dignity and a job well done in running the concentration camp? You know, that's. I mean, obviously, no, right? I mean, I'm not trying to set you up. I'm just saying, yeah. like, uh, you know, there's a point. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, there's, uh, I mean, you know, there's certain patents that I won't do. No, no, I don't um, mean. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm talking you know, about I mean, like in general, like in general, like a job well done. I mean, it depends upon what the job is, right? Yeah, fair enough. You, you know, there's, we get to pick what those jobs are. You know, we have that freedom to pick that I want to do this job or not that do that job. And, yep, yep. you know, if I'm going to do it, it's, you know, and, and I've always had this this problem. With, so I deal with a lot of startup companies. I go to a lot of angel investment groups and hear a lot of pitches and pitch contests and all that stuff. And and I hear from entrepreneurs a lot that they have passion. Oh, I have so much passion on this. And, you know, I I really don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that somebody's doing something because they have passion. I want to hear that somebody's doing something because they chose to, because my skill set lines up the best with this opportunity. And I'm going to choose to enjoy that. Well, okay. You know, so I'm, I find I find this interesting. So I mean, I'm a very analytical libertarian OCD type and Honestly, I have no idea what you mean about the difference between passion and the other thing. But are you really saying that's why you became a – I mean I'll tell you why I became no. a patent lawyer. I became a patent lawyer to make money. I mean it's very simple. I won't lie about it. I know it. I know what happens. Are you really saying you have a passion for something no, and that's passion. why you're a patent practitioner? No. No, no, no. I, uh, you know, I no, have. If you are, that's really, okay. I'm just curious. So I, mean, I I'm, I'm not to trying really to attack you. No, I'll tell you how I got into it. Is I was an engineer. I liked making stuff. I liked designing stuff. Um, I had been through the patent process a few times as an inventor for large companies, Hewlett Packard being one of them. And you know, you submit an invention disclosure. It goes into this this committee. Well, okay, hold on. Back, you know, back up, back up. No, no one listening knows what you're talking about. So let's back up a okay. second. So, okay, let me. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go no one knows what invention disclosures are. No one knows what right. the patent. I mean, you got to kind of so, pretend okay, like you're talking me, to let, idiots, you know? Oh, not really okay. idiots, but people that are not patent <laughs> practitioners who are not always. So, I'm, so I'm an engineer at Hewlett Packard, you know, and and I'm I'm making new product. I'm creating new stuff and. Uh, and they have a real program where they will, they want to get patents well, on, on some back, of the back, stuff. Back, let's back up a second. So yeah. Hewlett Packard is a, a big corporation in the U.S., a, t- a high-tech company. Used to be. Okay, so they yeah. make printers the 90s and high-tech things or whatever, right? I've done mm-hmm. some HP patents, by the way, myself. So I mean, it's a big, it's 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 a it's a big world or a little world, however you put it. Yeah. But um. The point is we have a patent system that's the background of the technology capitalist industry in the West, in the U.S. And so yep. these big companies and the little companies and the startups, they all want to get a patent because that's what you do, right? Yep. And so, so 
because you're at a big company, they have a program where they incentivize the engineers and they say, listen, you guys are coming up with new techniques and innovations and designs all the time because you have to to make our new products. So if we happen to file a patent for some of those, we might get some kind of anti-competitive protection. So we need to incentivize you to do it because why would you take the extra 17 hours to, to talk to a patent lawyer? So we have to give you a bonus. So they get, they have a bonus program basically, right? So like all these yeah, big companies – well, it was bigger at the ones. I, I mean, it's a thousand bucks, two thousand well, bucks, a hundred, whatever so, it is, right? So they say they say you know the the program at HP was for a, write down if you think you have an invention, whatever qualifies an invention, and we're not even going to tell you what that is. Write it down on this form and send it in. We'll give you a hundred bucks. An invention. So and we call that an invention submission form or invention disclosure form or something yeah, like that, yeah. right? It's like it's like a, a it's like a form, one or two or three page form. You submit to a committee or to a patent lawyer group, and then they look at it and they say, "Is this worth pursuing?" And then if they approve it, then they pursue it and they pay a patent lawyer ten thousand bucks, and then you get a bonus because you're part of that process, basically. Correct? Yeah, correct. Um, and you know they they initiated a new program that they're going to pay a hundred bucks. Like you fill out this form. We don't care what's on it. You fill one out and put your name on the bottom. We'll give you a hundred dollars. So I spent, I basically quit work. I quit doing my normal work and I spent two weeks writing invention disclosures. I think I submitted 15 and, you know, cause I was doing a lot of cool stuff. And so I was, you know, I, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I was milking the system a little bit, but it was $1,500 bonus. So it's kind of cool. Um, and then a couple of them actually got sent to people like you who write patents for for Hewlett Packard. And, and, and now you. That's what you do now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you know, so I went through that process inside the big corporation. And while I was doing that, I um you know, I had been through that a few times and then I had an invention that I wanted to bring to market. And it was a little saw, it was a sawhorse bracket uh, where you put two by fours and into the legs and two by four across the back. And, and I had a way for my little bracket to fold up that was cute and, and unique and affordable and all that. And yeah, like, and a, me- like w- a, me- a mechanical sort of apparatus yeah. aspect of one of your HP inventions. I got it. Well, no, no, it was not in any way, shape or form related to any HP product or work that I was doing at HP by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. Okay. It was completely separate from HP. It was a product. Let's talk about that. What does that mean? Separate from HP? Because were you um, not to get into the details, but I mean, this is, this is one of the issues, right? Engineers and inventors and employees, they get nervous about this whole issue, right? They like, Oh no, no, it wasn't part of that at all. So what do you mean? It wasn't part of that at all. I mean, well, I was actually not employed at HP at the time. Okay. So it was you know, I was not at HP when the idea came to me. And then I went. I go to this patent attorney who's on my hockey team, and I said, "I got this invention. What should I do?" And he sat there at four hundred dollars an hour, explaining, you know, the patent process. Hold on a second. Slow- you, you actually hired a patent attorney. To give you advice on this, 
You're I didn't know that he was charging me at the time. I just thought he was a buddy from hockey. So this is okay, why so we I, know you're a Yankee because you say hockey. So right away, we Southerners don't even know what hockey is. <laughs> so just to say. Well, it's just, yeah. If no, the thing just, is just played up north. Well, I, I grew it. up in Connecticut, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I was so disappointed with that interaction. Like he would not give me any business advice at all. I'm like, well, what should right. I do with this thing? Should it, How do I license it? How do I... But, you know, how do I create, I want to create this right. thing right. called a patent that I don't understand. Right. That I think is supposed to have some value. And you, and, and you, and you were doing this because you kind of like had the sense at this point that like, that's what you do. Like if you have yeah. an innovation, that's what you do. You kind of pursue this yeah. area and you were trying to figure it out as a sort of a small, a small fish guy, right? You were trying to figure it oh, out. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And the guy fleeced me five grand to do two really lousy searches. First search comes back. I'm like, you missed the entire idea. You missed it. And he's like, well, do you want me to do it again? I'm like, damn right. I want you to do it again. He sent me another bill. And I'm furious. Well, okay. I'll, I mean, I'll t I don't know what your experience in life is, but I, or in, in practice is, but I'll tell you that I hate dealing with independent inventors like you because they always uh, amen. they all bitch about everything. So I like dealing with big corporations because they know the law of averages and they know that you're going to get I'm, whatever. I'm you with know. you. Okay, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. furious. So uh, I'm at the time I'm working at Waterpick designing Waterpicks. Hold on. The videos and the, the you know study guides and hold all on, that. Hold on, hold on, back back up for a second. I lost you for ten seconds. Yeah. So you said you were water pick, and I said you're designing water picks. I don't know. Go ahead. No, I'm designing shower heads. The shower massage from water pick. Got There's it. There's other groups doing the oral irrigator, the dental products and stuff. Um. Anyway, so I'm at water. I'm uh, you know I'm at water pick. I'm pissed off about getting ripped off by the patent attorney. And I take the patent bar exam because I'm an engineer and I can sit for the patent bar. And I again, nobody. Under, okay, let's back up. No one, no one listening understands this. So here's the situation: the U.S. and other countries are different, but basically in the in America, if you want to be a patent practitioner and you want to practice before the patent uh, office, you have to have an engineering degree or a technical degree and take the patent bar. And yeah. if you have a law degree, it's a bonus. You're a patent lawyer then, but if you don't, you're a patent agent. So right. there are two types in America, and they're both kind of lucrative, and they're, they're specialties, and they're boring, and they're green eye shade. They're like – you're like accountants, but a different type of accountant. Like you have a specialty well, area. Yeah. I know you don't want to say that, but that's what I think. No, but go no, ahead. I, no I'll fully – I explain it a different way, but I'm kind of working up to a punchline here. Go ahead. Um, I'm listening. So I so I passed the patent bar. I became a patent agent. And then I started working for that that attorney who ripped me off. I worked for him for 3 years. Okay. And you know, I knew he was a crook, and, but I wanted to <clears throat> I wanted to learn I wanted the mentorship. I wanted to see what happened on the inside. I wanted to understand how the sausage got made so that I could replicate or optimize well, let, let, let's back up for a second just as a career yeah. thing how old were you then yeah late 30s okay late 30s so you what was your undergrad in mechanical engineering 
so you're an engineer at HP, and then you decided to do this kind of late in life. Were you married already with kids and a mortgage I was dealer? Just going through a divorce at the time. Okay, so you're going through life transitions and the whole deal. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You we went, just... But you went to so you went to law school in the middle of all this. How did you? Just curious. How did you handle? What law school did you go to? How did you finance it? How did you apply? How did that work? Oh, okay. Well, the law you took school the LSAT, was the whole deal, whatever. I guess. Yeah, right? yeah. I took. You know, I I had started I had started writing patents for this for the attorney, and Waterpick was gen, generous enough to let me work um, mornings at Waterpick and afternoons at the law firm, and I was able to do that for about six months and kind of. You know, keep my foot on the dock and foot on the boat as oh, I transitioned that, what's that, over. What's that mean? Explain, explain. I think I know well, what you mean, but go ahead and explain. Well, I was getting salaried. I was, you know, I was getting a half-time salary at Waterpick, and then I was getting paid at the the law firm based on how much work I did. You know, it was more or less. Why did you? Let me ask you a question. Did you want to get paid at the law firm for experience or for the money? I mean, what was your personal interest at the time? Um. You know, the money wasn't bad, but I wanted the experience. I wanted right. to understand. I wanted to so get would, trained. So would you would you, on would you have done it? For, would you have done that part for free? Um, no. I mean, I was. I was Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? No, I'm not asking about that. But would no, you have was, done? Like, if they said this is an internship and you can do it for free, or fuck you. I mean, would you have done um, it or not? I'm just curious. No, I would not have done it for free. Because why? You know, I'm curious why. Um. Because at the you know at the time it was cash it was a cash flow issue and you know for part of it was purely because you couldn't financial. afford it you, so you couldn't afford it basically I understand well no you can always afford stuff okay well that's what I'm you saying know, you had a job at Waterpick so I'm wondering why like I'm just wondering why you didn't self subsidize yourself like why did you want to get these two streams of income in the middle of a divorce kind of thing coming up and the whole career changing. Uh, uh, going to law school, possible thing, whatever. I mean, how did that work into your mindset? Uh, you know, it was it was a way to add a whole new skill set for me. Um, you know, and it was a paid internship. Uh, you know, and I treated it like so. That. You're you're pragmatic. You must have come from some engineering or some kind of pragmatic family or some blue collar. Yeah, my dad was an engineer. Yeah, exactly. So. Got it. So were you getting guff from all your family the whole time? Like you're thirty, you're thirty four years old. What the fuck are you doing going to law school? Or were, or was like everybody's like, I don't know, man. No. You handle your own life. I mean, how how that work out? No, no, nobody really gave me a hard time. I was just, you know, really? uh, uh, no the, one, no the, one gave you a hard time. Come on. No, seriously, it was just like this is what I'm doing. Oh, that's interesting. You know, go for it. Um, but yeah, you're in the middle. You're so, in the middle of a divorce the whole time. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what my dad did, which which was interesting. He was an engineer, um, what and kind? I was what he kind? was electric electrical. All right, and that's like um, me. Okay. Well, I don't know if I don't know if I don't know how how much he was like you or not, but he's well, he's, he's not like me. But I mean, I was an engineer, so he's not like me at all. But I'm just saying, I was electrical. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, he was an electrical engineer, and he. Um, he really felt like he wanted to start a Christian school back in the 1980s. And that was, he, you know, he wanted to do that. And he really felt that the urge to do it. And, 
And he tried to get that kind of off the ground. And what he wound up doing was quitting his job as an engineer and homeschooling myself and my two younger brothers through, through the last three years of high school. So my dad quit a really good job, you know, was paying bank, you know, perfectly decent middle-class, you know, income. And, and there, there must be, there must be more to this story, but. Well, I mean, suffice it to say, you know, this is changing, you know, making radical changes like that is, you know, I, there's, there's some track history for that, a track record for that in my family, at least. Um, All right. I got it. For better, for worse. You know, I still have not yet got a GED or high school equivalent. Um, oh, so you were homeschooled, so you never got your high school diploma or even a GED, but you went to college, <laughs> but then you went yeah. to law, law school much later. That's a weird – and then in the middle of it, you got – okay, I got it. That's an interesting uh, – okay, assortment of things. <laughs> no, it is. I'm yeah. not being critical at all, by the way. I'm, I'm totally in the middle of all this ferment and like – thinking about how people do things and I'm totally getting it. So I'm just curious. Sure. You know, so uh, anyway, so, um, you know, so, uh, so I, I work for this patent attorney and I just put my back into learning everything I can about the patent system, how to write patents, how to deal with examiners, how to, well, hold on. Let, me, let, me, let me ask you a stupid uh, geek question. Yeah. You say you put, I mean, so when I was your, I was probably 10 years, eight years ahead of you, whatever, like in my uh -huh. kind of progression. What I did was I was at big law firms and I read like – I read five of the patent treatises like Landis on patent claims and Chisholm. Wow. I read everything like back to back, and I always thought everyone did that. Like, And so when I would talk <laughs> to lawyers at these bar meetings or at the, at the, at the firm cocktail parties – yeah. No one, I, I finally realized no one knew what I was talking about. And I'm like, didn't you read Landis section 4.12.a about how you draft a a claim this kind of way with a thing like this? And they all looked at me like I was insane, right? Yeah. So I, I, you, you kind of realize I, there's different types. You know what I mean? So I taught myself with certain things, and I'm sure you did your own way too. And there's little yeah. firm practice, a big firm practice. There's mentors. There's there's things on the internet now. I mean, I'm just kind of curious how you did it. Well, I just I observed. I observe. You know, I learned by observing. Like, uh, like, um, like, let me ask you a question. How do you know that yeah. you're a good patent? How do you know that you're a good patent lawyer right now? How do you know that? Just from feedback uh, from clients or from success rates? How do you know that you're a good patent lawyer? Like, how does someone know that in general? I don't mean you in particular, but how does someone know that they're they're actually good at what they're doing? You know, the the uh, you know that that question stumps me because I've been doing this. You know, I've been on this quest for how do I create the perfect you know an asset that's going to have value. I've been on this quest for twenty freaking years, and the you know every little thing that i see i'm like oh yeah i got to i got to remember i got to do that oh yeah you know there's so much more to learn that i haven't accomplished in 20 years and i you know i don't know that i'm um, but i have a feeling that you could answer my question if you really want come on you can answer my question well i i don't no i don't you know 
how do I know that I'm a good patent attorney? Um, I know that that I've you know that I've kind of cut through all the BS and the uh, well, I've cut through some BS. I shouldn't say all, but well, well, okay. I've cut well, through I'm, some not, BS. Look, I'm not trying to put you, let, let me put it this way. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I mean, how do you, when I say how do you know it? I mean, what's your feedback? Like, is it is it is it profit? Is it clients? Is it positive reverberations from the community? How do you? Uh, and and you're very aggressive on your uh, your not aggressive. What's the right word? Ambitious. Like in like yeah. I admire that you're doing your podcast. Like where you're trying to put it out there. Uh, I don't actually agree with everything you say substantively, but I see. Okay, you're intelligent. Listen, let let me give you an example, and I want to yeah, get yeah. your feedback on this. Okay, so you know yeah, I'm not like a big like you're you're younger and you're hungrier and you're more of a hustler than I am. I think. Right now, okay. Fair Just enough. because I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, working 15 hours a week, and like I turn down clients all the time. But the funny thing is, you know, you know me through certain circles, and you know that I'm like a big libertarian. Like, part of my shtick is like I hate patents and IP, but I yeah. also know I also know it, right? And so the funny thing is, I'll do an interview or a podcast or a speech or whatever. And the next day, and I'll uh, my whole thing is like I hate the patent system and it's horrible, <laughs> blah blah blah. And the next day, someone will say, "Hey, I heard your talk. Could you help me get this patent done?" I mean, they don't. <laughs> they yeah. don't. They don't care what your political opinions are. Now, I don't know if you. Yeah. I mean, I know you're not like me. You have. You're not like a firebrand trying to burn your career down in the early stages because you're like, I got to pay my mortgage, right? I kind of, I kind of gradually got through that phase, but my point is, I've always been surprised at that, and I have to turn clients away. I think that clients want people that demonstrate that they know, they have a passion for this thing, and they demonstrate to, to their point of view, they're they're laymen, right? So someone, some layman hearing your podcast is going to think, I don't really know eighty eighty five percent of what Russ is saying. But he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. So if I need a guy, he's trustworthy, he's honest, he's mm -hmm. competent, he might be a guy I might hire. So I think it's, it's actually brilliant to my, from my point of view, what you're doing. It's a good way to get clients. To, from my point of view, it's like it's my it's my burden. Like I, I'm trying to turn people away. So maybe you and I, after this podcast, can come up with an agreement like, you know. <laughs> no, uh, you know, you know my – what I'm trying to do is find that perfect client. And the way I do it is this patent finance thing and, you know, aligning my interests with that of my clients. And I, I have looked at four or 500 companies in the last 12 months as, as potential clients for that. And, you know, I like, I might like 10% of them. And it's just not worth my time to deal with certain classes of inventors. You know, you mentioned the independent inventor. Yeah, I don't work with independent inventors. I want yeah, to work with – They're paying the ass. I know. I know. Well, I, I want to work with an entrepreneur who's bringing a real product to market. Right. Okay? And I want you to, as the entrepreneur to have raised some money, 
so that somebody else has taken a look at it, so that you feel responsibility to some investors, and so that you have some financial runway to do that product market fit and start getting some sales. Because if I finance a patent and it relates to that in that product and it actually captures the value of the product that customer, customers are buying that product because it has this cool feature in it and I'm financing the patent for that cool feature, well, then the patent's going to have value because you're putting it to use. And yeah, that's right. magic. Finding that that happening is, you know, that's one out of a hundred. Well, and so I'm, I'm I don't willing know. To- I mean, I, I, I think what you're saying is you're trying to be competent and demonstrate that you're competent, right? So, like, uh-huh. there's a certain value to a competent patent specialist who can help you navigate this field. That's what you, that's what you're doing in your in your career right now, in your life. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, that's what I'm, do- I'm trying to navigate that. But you and I came into contact because we have some intersection, and you know I'm a crazy libertarian anarchist IP uh-huh. abolitionist. And I th- I think – I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I think you've told me you kind of – you understand some of my arguments. Uh, oh, Absolutely. My- you understand Absolutely. some of my, you know, my, some of my yeah. oppositions towards IP. So I guess I wanted to ask you. So you keep talking about these assets and all this stuff, and I agree. By the way, I totally agree with you. As an IP practitioner, yeah. you help your clients and you get them get assets that they can use. And <clears throat> I think your approach is 100% correct. Um, I just wonder if, like, what do you think as a human being? And as a, apparently a Christian with a homeschooling dad or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like what do you think about the moral implications of, you know, being part of or promoting a system that you and I both probably know is a little bit messed up? Well, it it, it, it it's messed up and it's arbitrary, and um, you know, and it's purely and. Uh, uh, artif- you know, you and I totally agree that the patent system is purely an artificial, contrived thing. Okay, um, and you know, and it's and it's this well. Hold on, kind hold of, on, a se- hold on a second. Yeah. that's a. I I agree to that, and yes, I if agree. You, if you it. say that this is obvious, I mean, this is to me a big admit. I want to say admission, but like, I mean, are you saying that this is? You're a fellow patent practitioner. Yep. Is this obvious to you that our whole system should be? I mean, should should do you think the patent system should be abolished? What what is your view on patent policy? Or I know you're not an anarchist, but what is your view on patent policy? You know, my, should we have a should we have a patent system? So the so the should uh, I think is you know I'm more pragmatic about it. Should we have a system or not? You know, that's that to me is almost a theoretical discussion that we could ha- we can you know we could enjoy talking about well, it and have fun. That's why we're talking. It I'm, exists. I'm, I'm, I just want to know your opinion. I mean, look, my, I, I mean, the, I'm just so here, curious. Here's What's your opinion? opinion? Here's, here's my opinion. I think it's completely arbitrary, and it it, it I don't think it necessarily hurts or helps 
it changes. It changes. So, so, it definitely so, changes so the dynamics. So, so you understand. So you agree that it distorts the economy, and so you yes. have no reason to believe that it helps on average or net. Oh, oh no, I, I no, I think it. I think for every time that we can point to an to an example that it hurts, we can point to an example that it helps. And you know, I, and I don't distorts. Distorts is a negative term. It changes the dynamic. It definitely changes the dynamics. Does it change the dynamics in a good way or a bad way? I don't really care. You know, it's really wait a, about, wait, it's, wait a sec. Wait, wait, a, wait a second. Why don't you care? Yeah. I mean, you're you're a decent oh. human being. You're an American. I mean, you I mean, you I'm want decent. you want prosperity for everybody and you want reasonable policies. So why would you not care? Why would you say you don't care? I'm just curious. Well, not trying to I attack mean, you. I'm just curious. No, no, no. It's it's not not um, overstating not caring. The, you know, I, I don't mean it that I flat don't care, but it's it. This is the set of rules. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not in a position where I get to set those set of rules. I know, but you, um, d- dude, you and I are both patent, how do, how, how do we're we both official patent the, practitioners, and you're sitting there telling companies, "I'm going to help you get assets," and I do that too. I, I admit that. Uh-huh. But if someone asks me my opinion as an American citizen, as a capitalist, free market supporter, whatever, I would tell them. I mean. It'd probably be, well, probably be better if we abolished the patent system. I mean, something well, like that. I know that sounds radical to you, but I mean, what would you say to something like that? Like, should we should we have a patent system or a copyright system? Should we abolish it? What 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 do you what do you think you know, it, as someone immersed in the system? You know, so I I've my perspective has changed. Okay, from when I was working in that that law firm and get, and kind of doing my training and my apprenticeship, if you will, my internship, uh, you know, I, I was I saw it as a patent patent practitioner. Now I'm in this position where we do loans against patents, we do we insure patents against for and against litigation, we do and we finance the cost of patents. And now I'm at a different standpoint where I'm looking at patents in terms of value. Does this patent have value? And and what problems are with the you know does this asset this patent I, I, have? I, I, all right, hold on, hold on, back back up for a second. I got yeah. I got it. I got the sales pitch, and I'll give you a second no. in a minute if you want to do that. But no, I'm not. No, it's what not I'm about saying, the. I mean, look the. Look, I, I on, say this context only. Go ahead. Okay, where I'm going with this is that, yeah, most of these patents are awful. No, no, but you miss patents... you miss me you miss my point. So, so right, here's here, here, let, let, let me give you my point, my radical yeah. libertarian perspective. Okay, you just respond however you want, and I won't. I'm not going to attack you or disagree. I mean, we no, disagree. So... Okay, so you could say that. During the slave auctions in 1823, you might buy some bad slaves, some good slaves. Some are worth something, some aren't worth something, right? But someone on the outside who's an abolitionist might say this whole system is horrible. You shouldn't be owning human beings, right? Right. So if someone said, well, I agree with you that most slaves are worth less than the purchase price, that wouldn't be like a supportive comment. 
Do you follow me? Well, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm following you. Okay, so I'm making. I'm not. I'm not asking you to no. agree with the analogy. I'm just saying that in my mind, the analogy is because slavery and totalitarianism and putting people in jail for drug crimes, all these horrible things, they're all of the same. Because I'm a I'm a crazy libertarian, okay? So they're all the same thing, and IP yeah. is like that, but it's even worse. And so yeah. you and I, what we're doing is – the way I view what we do is we help people buy bullets to put into their cannons to fire at other people. So we're, yeah. we're giving people mu munitions, right? So, so um, you know, I, I said the other thing to kind of give a little context of uh, – I see the patent system – a patent – is the antithesis of a monopoly. Why? Why do you say that? I'm curious. Because it it destroys a monopoly. It forces you. No. Well, now okay, and 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 here's the, here's the thought process. It forces you to give up a trade secret you otherwise could have kept private. That's, but that's not a monopoly. Well, hang on. And what you get back is this Thing called a patent claim. You know, that's what you get to exclude. But other that's people a monopoly, right? So, so in exchange for a non-monopoly, you get a monopoly. I agree. So, it's the the emphasis is, and 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 I think the net result of the patent system, especially as it changed in the late '90s after Lemelson. It's very much about no, no, no nobody knows. Things. Okay, nobody yeah, knows know, what Limelson means. Explain what Limelson. Explain. Explain what Limelson means. So, it, it, before the nineteen, it was ninety-five. I think there was um, the the rules were that every time you file a patent with the patent office, it's absolutely confidential, and it stays confidential until the patent issues. Know, okay, so that God. was one. That okay, was Russ, Russ, it. right. Let's let's stop for a second. Okay, so between me and you, you know that okay, people listening to this, they're radicals and they're like thinking like what the fuck? I mean I mean <laughs> Okay, well, there was a on. chain so let me No, let but me, nobody uh, nobody cares about like it's like it's it's the government rules about who gets a monopoly. I mean, you just admitted. No, it's, like, no. This is this is what I mean about it's not a monopoly. Okay, let me finish. Let me finish this. It is not a monopoly. It is the thing that breaks monopolies. Okay, the patent system, especially the way it's evolved from you know from back when the king granted a monopoly to you know one of you know one of those big um, you know the barons back in you know, merry old England, it's evolved into this thing that really pushes for disclosure of information. And well, what you get okay, back okay. is thing called the give, claim. Give, 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 me, give me 30 seconds. Let me explain. Right. So what, what happened was a brief history lesson and what's going on now is uh, kings and monarchs used to grant these patents. And the word patent is Latin for open which meant an open letter, which meant the king is saying this guy has the power to do this. It was a monopoly, a privilege. Yep. 
Yeah. Okay. And then that got out of hand, and then the parliament got pissed off about it, and they passed a statute called the Statute of Monopolies in 1623. So that's what you're talking about, right? So after that, yep. the patent system that we have now came from that. So like the only thing that remained, the kings got basically stripped of their power to grant monopolies except for innovations, technical right. innovations. And that's why you and I have a job now, basically, right? Yep, yep. Okay. So let's let's just be honest about that. Let's, that's what happened. Yes, and the the patent system as we have now is, you, you know, a, 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 an inventor has an option of keeping something a trade secret. You know, I keep it locked wait, up in a box. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold I create, on. Stop. I create let, something. Let, hold on. Let me let me interrupt for a second, and you can correct me. So let me let me just explain. It's my law professor kind of mentality, which I've done before. So <laughs> there is there is a big confusion because people don't understand all these arcane things. But basically, yeah. people think that the IP system is to incentivize innovation, right? And you could make economic arguments for that one way or the other. Yep. But the the U.S. Constitution specifically said, and the U.S. the first Patent Act. In 1790, like a year or two later, basically said, here's the deal. If you disclose your invention, we will give you a monopoly over it for 17 years or 14 years or whatever it is, right? right? And so the bargain – called we call this the patent bargain, right? The patent bargain yep. is if you – so most people think it's – we're trying to incentivize innovation, but as you just said, we're trying to incentivize disclosure. Which yes. and disclosure is because it's because what companies here's the thinking what companies would tend to do correct me if you think I'm wrong okay yeah what companies would tend to do is if they don't have a monopoly in the patent system they would have to keep their 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 their, their they'd have to keep their their things secret. And so then secrets wouldn't spread and benefit the world, blah, blah, blah. So we want to encourage people to publicize their, their, their proprietary innovations. Right. And so right. we, we're going we're gonna to make a deal if you disclose it. So the whole deal is a patent application, which you and I specialize in. This is our whole livelihood, mm -hmm. right? We get paid to talk to engineers – who come up with ideas, and we put them in writing because we know how to speak English and talk to the patent office, and we, we publish them. That's the whole idea. We right. publish it, and we disclose it. That's disclosure. That's the part right. of the patent bargain. And in That's return, that we, give away. we get a monopoly. So that, it's like a monopoly or privilege in, re, in exchange for disclosure. So right. it's it's like you don't have to use trade secrets anymore. Instead of trade secrets, you can use the patent system. That's the whole yeah. economic idea it, it, behind the patent system, correct? Yeah, it's not yeah, you still have the option to do one or the other. You always have the option and you can So the, the 
what I am seeing, you know, because I'm now sitting at the, at, at looking at patents more at the end of the line than at the beginning. What, what does I'm that mean? Seeing, wait, wait, stop. Well, Explain what well, that means. Go back. You know, that's what I was saying about now I'm looking at patents from an enforceability standpoint, from a valuation standpoint. Can I do, you know, I got to look at this patent now and I say, can I do a loan against it? And now I'm worried about does this thing actually have value and what because, I'm looking wait, at. Wait, because you're a hustler because you, you're like, well, you're no, trying I'm, to, I'm, I'm, I'm not being negative. End of the problem. Yeah, but you're trying to protect your before. client's interest, right? Like, like your goal is like, let me protect my client's interest. Sure, sure. And and if we can create an if we can create this document that has financial value, some economic value, then you know within the system that we have, we can do loans against it. We can insure it. We can do other. You know, we can actually make it have some value. And what you know what I saw when I was first starting out was independent inventors or small companies, well, some large companies as well, but they were just putting patents into the system and not really appreciating what it, what happens at the end, you know, what happens at, Oh, you, now I have a patent. Now I have this thing called a monopoly. Now I'm looking at it and well, how does that work in real life? How do I, you know, how do I really make it work in business? And the patent attorney, you know, completely absolves themselves of that part because their duty of care is to get you that $50,000 plaque on the wall. Hey, okay. I got you a patent. Okay. okay. This is boring. No, I mean, I, I got it. I mean, but what is, but what I'm any... seeing, what I'm seeing, you know, from a policy standpoint, is that a lot of people got suckered into giving up their trade secrets and getting, you know, terrible claims in return. And they don't have a monopoly. They have a monopoly on nothing, not, you know, an unenforceable piece of paper. And they gave up their, you know, their hardest earned best thoughts, you know, They've already given all that up because of that patent system, and they got nothing in return. But do you understand that this whole reasoning makes no sense to a libertarian because it's like yeah. you're, complain you're complaining about nothing. It's like you're saying that like, oh, well, these guys you know, didn't, totally. they didn't get lifetime medical health care, so they had to bargain for something. It's like what, uh, no, but what's that. your principles? I, my, my principle is that – you know, it's more a pragmatic, you know, this, the system's been around for a while. There's 153 countries in the PCT. It's, you know, it's been around for a hundred no, years. Hold on, hold on. Nobody knows what the PCT is. Explain yeah, that. but there's 153 countries that have very similar patent laws to ours. So and, well, uh, wait, wait, hold on. Why do you think that is? It, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. I think it's because the U.S. has pushed it on these other countries. Sure. Oh, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. The U.S. and um, yeah, and Japan and Europe have certainly pushed it. No, um, it's just it, no. Honestly, it's just the U.S. Okay, fine. You, you know, I'd give it to the U.S. Um, I mean, Hollywood, it, pharmaceutical, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It, the the weird the thing about patent law is. It, that it is a completely artificial construct in the sense that it it changes market dynamics and it's 
you know, okay. because so, of, so so rest. Let's stop for a second yeah, because we're yeah. going to get to the weeds. Let me ask you a question. I'm not trying to attack you. I mean, no, go go. You're a, you're a fellow patent guy. How do you feel about like making money off of a system that you're obviously somewhat ambivalent about and critical about? Maybe not not as much as me, but like you know that the patent system is kind of quasi bullshit, and there's all kinds of problems. What do you feel morally and pragmatically as an American about working in this field and just this is your career now? I think a patent system is is you know it, I I actually I actually like the patent bargain. To me it makes it makes a lot of sense. Um and you know, you choose to give up you choose to disclose and you get this thing in return and well yeah but you can have lots of bargains i mean uh, no but i like it i mean i why? really why can, because i think why? because i think it truly does incentivize uh innovation why why do, are you saying okay so l- let's be honest are you yeah you, you would never say that if there was no patent system, there would be no innovation, right? You wouldn't say that, right? No, it, the innovation would be different. Okay, exactly. It would be different. But it wouldn't be Would zero. it be better or worse? It would just be different. Well, you think you it's know? better, but you think it's better, actually. I think, I, think that there, I think that the patent system is – it's a way to level the playing field between – between guy in his garage trying to bring a product to market and big giant corporation that'll advertise or spend them to death. Okay. You know, it's so, so l- 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 hold on a second. Um, yeah. I totally disagree with you, but I, what I'm curious okay. about is where you got this idea from I me. Mean, did you get this from law school or did you get it from just the media or where did you get, where do you think you got this idea from? Because I think you're, I mean, because I think you have, I think you have some sympathy for free market thinking. So you still have this view, even though it's totally, in my view, totally contrary to everything related to individualism, free markets, private property, and you still believe it. So I guess I'm curious, from your point of view, did you just absorb it from the media, from law school? Where did you get this idea from? Because it makes no sense to me. I don't know where it where it you know um, where it popped up. You know, like you couldn't point you couldn't point to like here's the thinker that told me the right way to think about IP. You couldn't say that. No, I could not say that. Yeah. You're correct. Okay. I could not say that. Right. You know, no, I'm, and, not, I'm, not, I'm not. And by the way, you know, I'm not picking on you. I'm just. I'm just no, like no, no. I'm thinking. I'm, Go, I'm, 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 no. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. I'm curious about what because you're you're brave to, you know. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm brave to come on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. You 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 kind of are, to be honest. No, fair uh, enough. I I made this offer to anyone in the world. I'll debate anyone in the world, and and I, I mean you're you're like one of my kind. Like so, I've done what you've kind of done in different, yeah. slightly different ways. Yeah. So like, from a Marshall's yeah, it, point of view, you and I are the same. You know, I kind of look at the patent system as clunky. Um, The sausage gets made in a very ugly way. The, um, you know, it's clunky in the sense that I I had an inventor 
who called because he had an he had an invention for an underground mine and he wanted to you know dig a hole in the ground and build this gigantic mine and and use it for cooling buildings and he had some other uses for it and and I said to him you know look you want a patent on a mine patent only lasts 20 years you know permitting for an underground mine takes a decade yeah. and then you dig it for 100 freaking years no, I got- like like yeah, the but, system, but, but Russ, for that but Russ, basically, you're the basically system. a, you're no, a good no. patent lawyer. You're trying to give your lawyer, you're trying to give your clients but, good advice. Yeah, but here's the thing, is it, 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 the patent system has some, you know, it has effects. It doesn't destroy innovation. Innovation still no, exists. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. It changes well, the dynamic. So, so you're you're very intelligent. So you're correct about two of the three, three things you said. It does have effects. It does change things. You're correct about that. But, but if you say it doesn't destroy things, them. you're you, you can't just characterize them as destroying or 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 you know removing innovation, whatever. It's just that's absurd. It, it for every time it does something bad, it does something good. You know, it had the patent system doesn't help the guy with the underground mind. So in other in other words, from your point of view, we don't know. We don't really have any idea whether the patent system is good or bad, but it's the way it is, so we're going to deal with it. Yeah, I'm I'm very much along those lines. Yeah, that's mine too. But the point is. If you have a kind of predisposition towards human freedom and property rights, uh, yeah. predispos- you know, you, you know, you know, you know where I'm going, right? Stuff. You know where I'm going. Yeah, yeah I, I get you. Go ahead, make you the know, case. Go ahead, make you make. I want you to make the case against the patent system. Go ahead. Against the patent system. Sure. Uh, you know, it's it is what it is. You know, that's, the, that's, I not think a, that's not a case. Come on, come on, come on. It, Try harder. You know, it, it, I'm not. I'm, well, I'm, I'm making the case neither for nor against. No, it I want you to make the to, case against. It happens to benefit if it's well done. It happens to benefit a class of citizens. Russ, that it I can't have. be well done. This is like the the, the concentration. That's why I brought the concentration camp. I mean, do you think a concentration camp well could be well done? No, okay. The patent system can benefit emerging companies and entrepreneurs. The guy in his garage, the independent inventors that we won't yeah, deal with. Yeah, that, that's that's so so so. This is why you're intelligent because you see the distortion. In other words, you say that there's a distortion, so you understand that the market, the system does do something, right? It distorts yeah. it. It, which I means it benefits some people. Cha- I wish you'd use a more neutral word that it it certainly changes the playing field. Distort, well, but, but if you change um, okay. it, you benefit someone and you hurt someone else. You can't. Yes, you there's there's no yes. like gravy train of of, of 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 astral, you know, positivity. We can just throw <laughs> right, everyone right, right. with Obama's like little nutsack. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It does everything, hurt. Everything it comes at a cost. This is this is what economics is about. Everything comes at a cost, right? Yes. So if you're gonna distort the playing field and help someone, that means you're hurting someone else. I mean, how you do it, 
the details are hard to see sometimes. I totally agree. But well, there's, we, we all know you can't help someone without hurting someone else. Um, I, I don't know. Did the, you know, did the good. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No idea what happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where it was. Um, We're getting into <laughs> theological shit and whatever. <laughs> I think I think some demon some demon did it to be honest, but I don't know. you know I don't know the, the, maybe it kicked off at one hour, you know exactly. I one think hour. I actually think it's what it was. It was a one it was a one hour thing, but I don't know why. But go ahead. Anyway, um, yeah, I I still I still buy into the dream of you know entrepreneur in in his garage coming up with something great and. And being able to go fight, you know, fight the man and fight the big corporations yeah. and and the patent system is, you know, one piece of that armor for them. Um, and I don't know. It's but evolved. So, into so, weird I, mess. I, so I'm kind of with you in the first part. Like, well, I'm actually not with you, to be honest. Like, OK, I, I'm for. Non-conflict and people respecting property rights. Okay, and then whatever results, we like results, that. Which would which which would be competition and free market stuff, um, and entrepreneur in his garage, or whatever. But then you say a piece in the armor. It's like, I mean, a, I can't believe you actually believe that. I mean, I don't think you actually <laughs> believe that because, first of all. There's no way the American United States federal government is going to have a policy that's going to really – come on. They're not going to really do something in the long term that's going to help entrepreneurs look, uh, and look, innovators. I don't, come on. Come on. Come so on. I, come on. I come at it from a standpoint of very much pragmatic. Um, yeah, but that, I agree but that with – all, all that means is you want – Well, let me, let me say what it means. It means that I think that the patent system is an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, but, okay? you, don't, but you don't believe that because that's not what you're saying. No, no. What I believe is that – Well, do you think it should be abolished or not or reformed? No, no I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. You know, there's, there is some part of – So you, you, know, I, so I, you I, don't I, think it's an uh, unmitigated disaster. Come on. I th no, I think the unmitigated disaster is that the patent attorneys have been hosing, uh, hosing clients for Dude, so long. This is like saying the concentration camp guards are not no, doing no, no, the no, right no. job. Nothing, don't, don't don't compare it to concentration camp. I, Why, not? I, you know, Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Because we're talking about you know killing human beings, which is you know well, atrocity. The patent system and, kills human beings. I mean, I'm not joking. The the patent system kills human beings. Look at the freaking system. Look at the anthrax thing. Look at the thing going on right now. What, a coronavirus? Yeah. What about it? People How's it helping or hurting? Well, it's hurting because the FDA system plus the patent system restricts what people can produce. There may be people like literally human beings that you and I might love and know and meet on the street Correct. dying – because they didn't get the virus protection because of the government system. Right. Now, 
you could be in favor of that. You could say, oh, net, we're whatever. But don't pretend like it's there's no cost. No, there's totally a cost. And the things that fit the patent system, you know, like like drugs with the, you know, the fact that the patent system gives a 20 year lifespan on a patent means that a drug company can spend X amount of money if they can recover Y amount of money during, you know, once the patent or once the drug makes it into the marketplace before the patent expires. And the patent system, because of that 20 year lifespan, kind of sets the bounds for what pharma companies can invest in a drug. And they, it sets it up so that they could invest up to a certain amount, you know, so many billions into this drug, provided that they're going to be able to recoup it before the patent dies. And that's an, a completely artificial construct. And if, that, if the patent system was 15 years or if it was 25 years, it would change the math and it would change the types of drugs that they would be willing to invest in. And it would, you know, there, it would it would shift the dynamic from one point to the next. I know, I know, but you're... you're but honest, at the end I, honestly, of the day, okay, look, at the I don't, end I don't, of the day, the same amount of stuff gets done. No, that's bullshit. I mean, if, if, if the so? same... Well, if, if, if the number doesn't matter, then why are we talking about the number? I mean, if it's 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 or 100 years, if it doesn't matter... Why are we arguing about it? Number one, it does matter. But so, it's it's set. It's set. And we, it's, it's not set. A, it's never set. It's all. It's never set. First of all, no it, no country's ever enforced it. Listen, I don't get this. A rational, decent human being who wants like <laughs> you and me. I mean, honestly, between me and you, if you understand this basic idea, which is that like there's a curve, right? Like yeah. we can't have zero patent protection, but we can't have 200 years because that's too much. Right. So we need some optimum in the middle, right? So that like that's the idea, right? I mean, it, we, I mean, it no, would, no, no, no. Just it, go go with me for a second. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I, I, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm assuming you agree with me because you kind of accept the utilitarian reasoning or whatever, as you yeah. call it, pragmatic, right? Right. Yeah. So there's some. Middle ground, right? Like zero is too small. Five hundred years is too much, right? No, zero. You know, I don't. I'm not saying zero would not be too small. If the patent system wasn't here, the dynamics would be different. Yeah, I mean that's cool. But the, but that's the whole point. I mean that's like so the, the, the policy the whole, question is what should the what should the term be? Should it be zero, or should it be finite? And if it's finite, what should it be? Like that's the question. Well, I mean, the for me, if you don't have an opinion, the, uh, that's fine. Most people don't have an opinion, and honestly, they shouldn't have an opinion because they don't know anything. And I don't <laughs> think patent lawyers have a reason to have an opinion. But yeah. I'm just curious if you happen to have one. I, you know, I'm I'm seeing it, you know, because I'm looking at the patents, you know, long after they've they've issued now as opposed to when I'm trying, you know, at the, when I'm arguing with the patent examiner at the very beginning, I do have a different viewpoint of how the system is working. And, um, well, look, you know, look, okay, okay. Okay. Let me change that again. 
Okay. How the system operates, okay? Let me, if you ask, don't let me ask you this question. Working okay. is too positive. You've been an HP word in these other companies. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen, not to get disclosures up, but have you ever seen inventors come up with an invention because there's an invention, a patent monopoly reward? I wrote 15 invention disclosures in a week because I got paid a hundred bucks per. Absolutely. Do you think those <laughs> yeah. were? Has anyone heard of those? Are they innovative? Or I mean, my, some my, of them are actually pretty good. I understand um, that, but 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 you probably had those percolating anyway, right? Yeah, at the time they were kind of cute. So my question is, do you do you really? I mean, honestly, I've done five hundred plus patent applications. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a real innovation, and that's a small percentage of those, that came about because of the uh, the patent reward system. What do you mean the patent reward system then? Well, so the pat so basically the companies tell the inventors you get a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever if you file a patent disclosure, and so they do it as a matter of course to 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 get a bonus, right? I get yeah. That. But they basically. They, they're working on a, a project at the same time anyway. Right. And so they just might as well file a thing. And well, and, you know, I've I've done patent work for large companies as well, and they have a system for for you know they meet periodically once a quarter or whatever, and and they would go through these invention disclosures like we described. I know. I've been on these but, committees. I know they have these patent lawyers and they have the board committees and they have the whole thing. Yeah. They have committees. And this is a but from my point of view this is a waste of effort because it's like the whole oh, yeah. industry is like geared towards people like you and me and our salaries and our things and distorting and deducting from the productive effort of innovators. Oh, and, absolutely. I and mean, the other idea I, is that, uh, oh, Stephen, no. Like IBM sells 40% of their patents before it, it, it within four years of issuance. Like they don't pay the maintenance fee. 40% of their gargantuan portfolio yeah, okay. nobody dies knows, in no, three Nobody years. knows what you're talking about. Explain No, that. what I'm saying is that – so so patents, we have to, we have to pay the patent office at – at three nope. and a half years, and we have to pay the patent office to keep the patents in force. Is that good or bad? Once, well, it's so. so it's wait, wait, the, stop it, for a second. Nobody know listening. Nobody knows whether that's a good or bad thing. Like you're saying it like it's a fact, and like everyone should know that's a good or bad thing. I mean, it's I think that's a bad. good thing. You think it's, it's a bad thing? No, it's neither good nor bad. It's just the rule. It's bad. It's it's good because it's good that, that it's good that patents get weeded out. I mean, what's bad about? No, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair. You know, you know, it, put whatever economics you want on the cost to. It's not get economics. It. It's values. It's justice. It's it's normative views. This is my point. My my point is, I'm just asking you as a patent lawyer. Yeah. Do you, let me ask you this: Do you think that you have any special expertise? in knowing whether or not the patent system is good or bad compared to the average person? Or do you think that you're just average? No, I see I see a lot of the what goes on behind the curtain with the patent system. Well, if you see that, you should be against it, in my view. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you could you can kind of draw that conclusion. I mean, you can draw that conclusion about, um, you know, any type of government regulation. You know, the FD. You know, you mentioned the FDA earlier. You know, is it is that process clunky and you know fraught with whatever problems? You know, maybe there's corruption. I have no idea what the issues are behind the curtain because I'm not part of it. So I, I don't even pretend to know what goes on in there. No, I, I totally, do, I totally respect that. But so, so, th- do so the, I want, do I want somebody and, and put it through some kind of testing and management? Yeah, I do. Because I want to trust yeah, that I know, but, I buy but, the, but of course, free, free market people want that too. So that's not that's a straw man, right? Well, uh, this is a you know a different type of government regulation. No, but the question is: is the patent system valid or not? I mean, is it legitimate? Is it just? That's the question. Is it is it rational? It, Does it make sense? Should we have it? Should we abolish it? That's the question. I think so. To me, the patent system is is totally rational it's arbitrary it's but not rational it's, what are you talking about what's rational it's, it's no what's rational it's no, about it no 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 hang on what's rational is that it's a set of rules of the game that are in well, place God and we sake, can all play the slavery system the, the drug system no the antitrust system the dr- they're all they're all set of rules that that that, that federal lawyers can learn and get a degree make money off of i mean come on the question sometimes is justice and what's the right thing to do don't you think you know what i think the 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 to me the biggest problem with the patent system is not so much you know the underlying theory of of you know causing a disruption or a change to you know uh, to people's behavior with regard to innovation and entrepreneurship. Um, I think the biggest corruption is that the patent attorneys have, are completely disconnected from what the clients wanted and what the promise <laughs> of the patent system was. Oh my and God. That's so, that's that's amazing. so I, I love you because you're so interested in your clients. So that's your focus. So you're well, probably a great patent attorney, patent agent. <laughs> But you know, I think that's that's I what th- you care about, which is which is right, which is good. I think it's well, great. But yeah, that's, that's but who that's signs not the, the checks, same thing you know? as the question of whether the law is justified. I mean, you could say that you know any any uh, bad law it, it, you have to, to me it, to me it's it's no different from whether the you know the rules of soccer, or hockey, or football. Are justified. They're just rules of the game, and at some point, right? You know, they're not asking me if I would abolish the patent system or copyright. So, 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 so you're not a libertarian, basically, because libertarians—that's what they care about, right? The rules of the game, like they want the rules of hockey abolished. And then, you know, the it, okay. Then what would hockey look like if the hockey, if the rules of hockey were abolished? Well, that's an analogy. I mean, the rules. I mean, they want the the government granting rules of law. They want that to be replaced by a private. I mean, that's a whole anarchist question, which we can talk about. Right. But I mean, I'm just saying that you're not an anarchist. You're just a guy like, dude. I'm just trying to help my clients. 
You sound like a, you sound like a really good patent lawyer, to be honest. I've dealt with lots of patent lawyers over my years, and you sound like a really good. One, well, so. it's kind of you to say that. That you know, but yeah, I think that's the at the end of the day, it's it's and, a set and, of rules. And you have power. some some somewhat of an opinion about the normative aspect. Most people don't care. They don't they, they don't care, and their clients don't care. I get that, yeah. but that's the way it is, right? Don't you think? Oh, absolutely, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. You know, and I you mean, can't. Russ, it's Russ, too I've hard told to you care. This. People Caring keep hurts. asking me to do their work for them, and they're like, "I hear you're like the the world's leading guy that hates patents. Would you help me get my patent?" And I'm like, "All right." <laughs> like they don't. People don't care what your. They don't care what your religion is. They don't care what your race yeah. is. Your 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 age or your race or your gender. They just want you to get a good good job done. So I think that's yeah. what you're doing, which I totally. Uh, respect. I just, uh, I don't think, you know, I keep looking, look, I keep looking for someone who can prove to me there's a God and an afterlife <laughs> and there's, there's a good case for IP and I haven't found one yet and you haven't done it and that's not your fault because, uh, no one can do it, but you know, it, it, you know, it, it's just, to me, it's kind of an arbitrary set of rules and, uh, you know, fine. It's fine. It's arbitrary. Fine. You know, it, it would be different if there was no patents. I agree. Let me ask you, you a question. Know, innovation let's, would not go let's, away. Let's suppose it tomorrow the United yeah. States abolished patent and copyright law. What do you think would happen as a practical matter? I mean I know you'd have work. I'd have work for like 20 years in the transition period. But I mean okay. let's, just, let's just get past the transition period. Let's but, say, but how does uh, – does, Do you think uh, there will still be innovation or not? Yeah, it would just be different. Of course it, it'd it would different. just be different. It'd be which, finance which, different. Yep. Um, you I know, if totally I'm going agree. to bring a, you know, a, a product to market to compete with a big company, I have to have a different, different economy, a different amount of money, and different, different. Let me ask you this question: Do you think that IP patent and copyright, let's say? Do you think it helps the little guy or the big guy right now in the world, like against the big companies? Do you think it it helps the big companies or or it helps the little guy against the big companies? What do you think IP actually does? I think there's two distinct regimes of IP. I think that for for IP at the humongous company level, the Intel's, the HP's. Microsoft, Google, you know, and, and, you know, gargantuan companies, IBM and Samsung and LG and all these, it, it's a, it's a whole different playing field than, you know, for them, for them, it's a strategic cross license kind of thing. It's the silent cross license. It's, there's, there's threats of litigation that that's played at a, at a completely different, it's the sport of Kings. Okay. I For know, startup but, 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 but hold on. But you said that like the argument is like it helps a little guy. I mean, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me. You don't really think it helps a little guy, do you? My point was there's two regimes. Okay, that's one regime. Let's set that aside. For startup company, there is there is that potential that if the patent system was. It, you know, if the stars aligned, if the in invention was actually pretty good, if the patent attorney was actually pretty good, if the patent system 
evaluated the patent according to the rules in, in you know in a the proper way that that startup company has a you know has a good chance against big company well let me ask you this if if we had a country right now that was like prosperous western country and we had no patent system and no one had ever heard of trademarks copyrights and patents yeah and someone said hey i've got an idea I can imagine a history where the kings used to grant monopolies to people. They could they could be the only one who could sell playing cards in this town. Maybe we should modify that and like let's say that only someone who has an innovation could do it and give them a monopoly privilege because otherwise when people compete with them, it's too hard for them to compete. And we don't want – we're in favor of free market competition, but we don't want it to be competition to be too easy, right? We're, we're 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 in favor of competition, but not too much competition. Okay. So we need the government to come in, and the government's job is to have a committee of experts that looks around and sees what are the various market failures that we have. And like, okay, so the market is pretty good at A, B, and C, but they're not pretty good at public education, and they're not good at uh, healthcare, and they're not good at this, and they're not good at that. So, at the things that our committee of experts thinks we're, they're not good at, we're going to have yeah. a government committee of experts. They're going to recommend some proposals which the legislature will adopt. Blah blah blah. You follow? I mean, like if we. My point is, if we never had a patent or copyright system, what? Who would ever come up with this idea? I don't know. I mean, if we didn't come up with it, do you think the war would go to shit? No, it'd just be different. So the point of and it our would, job it would not is be like, different in a so, better or worse way. It'd so just my be job and your job is a waste, basically. No, our job we're playing by the you know the arbitrary rules of hockey. Yeah, I know that's game. it. It is completely an arbitrary. I'm not rule. saying but we're immoral. I'm just saying, are we contributing anything on net to society by helping people get patents? Oh yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. Uh, and I think the the benefit and, and the 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 benefit is in the disclosure that we talked about earlier. You got to get that trade secret out. You've got to show the world how to do something. You've got to bring it out of the garage and show it to the world. And everybody benefits from that. Okay, so yeah. so, so there's one study I've read. So one of these yeah. uh, academic papers, and the guy says, "Listen, here's the real here's the real truth." So you and I both know, between me and you, Russ, most people say that they think the patent system is about incentivizing innovation. But you and I are like, oh, no, no, no. It's really about incentivizing disclosure, right? Yes, yes. Right? So we're being like academic like weirdos, right? Oh, no, we really know the weirdo. So, but, <laughs> but, 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 but some of these studies say that, like, listen, the, the thing is that most innovations that would be disclosed by trade secrets would have been disclosed anyway because leaking is inevitable right so, right and uh, you can actually see this in the in the china stuff like it's like well what's the whole argument that china is stealing our trade secrets is like they're saying like well if you have a if you have a company in china 
you have to like partner up with a local company and they, they're going to like learn your trade secrets and it's going to be leaked. So the idea is that, le that like if you have a, a proprietary secret formula, it's going to be leaked, right? That's the whole idea behind patents, right? It's like, like you can't, right. you can't keep trade secrets secret forever. But the other idea is that like, well, so what does the patent system actually incentivize? It incentivizes you to release trade secrets that you would have had to release anyway because of the nature yep. of the business. Yep. So the patent bargain is not fulfilled in, in a sense. In other words, we're giving people monopoly privileges, but they're but we're getting nothing in return. I mean, honestly, between me and you, but I it, have I have never met a single engineer, inventor, physicist, PhD who has ever told me, oh, I just read this patent application, and I learned something from it. Never, ever, 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 ever one time. I mean, huh. so the disclosure aspect of the patent system is complete BS. So the bargain is not fulfilled. Well, I actually did that. When um, when I was at Waterpick, I got – I. I printed off this, you know, days before, you know, internet browsing and all that. I I printed off every patent on showerheads, and we went, we flipped through them and we looked for ideas. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. I guarantee you didn't print off every patent on showerheads. How that, do you? That, that's how, an, that's an exaggeration. Come on. Um, I had I had about six inches thick. It doesn't stack matter. of paper. It doesn't matter. I mean, okay. There's All no right, way to, there's no way to print out every patent on shower heads. You know that. Uh, okay. Where do you, where do you stop the line? I mean, what about just waterhead spouting devices or whatever? I mean, there's no way to do everything. Come on. It well, there's this classification system in the pat you know, patents yeah, are and classified. That's, that's, and as you, you said know, earlier, that's arbitrary. No, I, was, I printed off every patent in our classes. Right. The classes classified by the PTO examiners. Right. Right. So there, I, I, are you telling me there's not a single patent that you left out? And are you telling me that there's not an invention out there in the world that wasn't in that system? Right. In other words, it can't be complete. I mean, we know this, right? I... I printed out every patent in the class of the classes. Yeah, where but we that's just. But the patent system is not coextensive with the innovation system in the world. And first of all, it's just the U.S. system, and it's a bunch of arbitrary classifications by a bunch of bureaucrats. Which you you already told me this. I mean, this is bureaucrats. <laughs> No, well, you're. I mean, you're just, you're picking on the and the and one they're incompetent and they're and they're government paid. I mean, come on. Where are you going with this? What, what where I'm going is that there's no way that you can assume that the class of innovation is coextensive with what the government in one government of 200 in the world classifies. Uh, St Stefan, all, all I was saying is that I printed out patents as a design engineer. I printed out all the patents in these specific classifications and we went through them looking for ideas for our showerheads. 
I'm saying I actually use the patent system, the disclosure oh, part of the patent mean. system yeah, I see to, yeah. to create new innovations. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, and and I, uh, yeah, and you're you you have a good point there. Um, it's just but, in my experience with high level ideas, but, I don't I don't think these guys really get them from studying the patent records. Um, but it, but you're you're totally right in that when I worked for Hewlett Packard, the patent attorneys came around and they told us, do not ever do a patent search. Well, if you it. do a patent search, you will be fired, period. Well, that's the other, so this is the other problem. It's like the whole- And here's, and, yeah, it, and, and, and it was because of this little thing about triple damages for knowing infringement yes. yeah. willful infringement. That they yes. just said yep. they just said you know what we're just not ever going to look at a patent again well but but yeah so the point is like the whole alleged basis of the patent system is this is bargain right the bargain right. is you're going to disclose everything and we get to know it and then you get a monopoly for 17 years or whatever correct right right but then Everyone's afraid to look at it because right. they'll get sued so we don't get the benefit of the disclosure. So the whole thing is like it doesn't work. It's that's the what whole, you're trying to the get. The whole to. thing is like it's a lie. Like the whole thing's a lie. This is not the real reason for the patent system. Now, the, well, okay. It, the, set aside the reason for the patent system, but the promise of well, you, what well, the hold, patent hold, system. Hold on a second. Hang on. You okay. gotta have something. You gotta have like okay. You're going to the promise. You gotta have something. Okay. You can have the I'm history. The promise. You can have the history. You can have the reason. You can have the argument. You can have the justification. You can have something. But you have something. Otherwise, why are we doing this? Like, why is the legal system doing this? Why can you go to federal court and sue someone for millions of dollars of damages in whatever court? Why can you do this? I mean, the question is, why can you do this? And you can't just say, well, there's four or five different possible justifications right it's just it's the rules of the game you know it, it why and should we have a different system and all that it's like it, it to me yeah, that's, that's not as important about. we're talking about that's what we're talking about right now should okay. we have a different system what do you think the yeah. system should be should let me ask you a question before we go i think we have to go yeah should we have a patent system or not i'm okay with it i'm okay with the patent with the promise of the patent system I would love it to live up to that promise, and it it pains me that it doesn't. Is this sort of like a Bernie Sanders socialist medicine <laughs> thing? Where like I'd love for Medicare to be great and veteran that, but it's well, not. But it would be great if it would. I mean, what do you mean? Well, what I mean is. You know, it's I'm playing. I have my little one trick pony. I'm playing within these rules that are set up that are outside my control. And, you know, what can I do within the the, the confines of these rules? You can make money. That's what you try to do. Which yeah, I, I'm making money. I appreciate delivering value. Yeah. That's it. And well, deliver value and make money. You know, in that order. And. Uh, you know that's that is my goal with this. And whether the if the patent system was abolished, you know, startup angel investment and startup companies and entrepreneurs would look differently. They'd be financed differently. But you know what? It, 
back in the what do you, you know, what, what, late just, 90s just curious we have we have 90 seconds what do you think it would look like um you know the what would the world look like without patents and you know it would not look a whole lot different than it is other than um there would be you know there would be different regimes for stuff like um like pharmaceuticals you know you'd see different type of thing like the way monsanto licensed their roundup ready corn and stuff you'd see different regimes like that pop up to try to extract value out of innovation and whether you like you know the roundup you know monsanto's licensing regime or not it's a different way to approach you know monetizing an invention and so you'd see more of those or different versions of those. I see. But they'd still be around. There'd still be innovation. There'd still be, you know, different licenses and contracts and that kind of stuff to, you know, try to work this all out. Hmm. Interesting. It, it'd be different. Interesting. <laughs> All right, my brother. Well, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for taking your time to talk to me. And uh, oh, it's been a lot of fun. I, I appreciate you. You, you know, you're a lot of fun to talk to. <laughs> so. I've talked to one or two patent lawyers before, and uh, <laughs> you're you're uh, you're not that hard to talk to. So that's good. <laughs> no, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, thanks for thanks for having me. It's, I'm glad we connected again. And um, you know, I've I've certainly enjoyed your podcast and your view on stuff. And it's you know, it's it's interesting way to articulate, you know, different issues and and um, keep doing what you're doing. Like, don't you know, don't stop. I love it. You too. Talk to you later. All right. See you, Steve. Stefan. Bye bye.